Food Heals Nation, what have you been doing lately when it comes to truly caring for your skin? Have you tried any of the light therapy facials or the LED masks? I've shared on this show how I use lasers to completely remove my brown spots in the past, and I love anything that can help me with wrinkles or blemishes or redness or scars. I find a lot of great products on YouTube that I test out, and I've just discovered a new brand. It's called Lima, and when you see the before and afters on YouTube, you're going to be a convert too. They are changing the way that you care for your skin on actually a profoundly scientific level. This is the Lima laser. It's the world's most powerful clinic grade cosmetic laser device and the only laser FDA cleared for at home use. Why this is important is because I was spending, I'm not going to tell you how much, way too much money years ago when I was getting rid of those brown spots when I was really healing my skin. And now This same type of technology is available at home, and I'm here for it. I am so excited. So this is a near-infrared laser light that penetrates deep into the dermis, simultaneously working on your fat, muscle, and bone to give you like a non-surgical facelift. It transforms your skin. It helps skin issues like wrinkles, sagging, blemishes, pigmentation, redness, breakouts, and scars. And it does this with zero damage, zero pain, and zero downtime. And I remember the lasers that I used to do, they did have some downtime, so this is great. Make sure to check out some of the before and after photos on the website so you can see what I'm talking about. They have YouTube videos too. But the reason it's groundbreaking is it uses that near-infrared low-level light technology, which is completely cold and painless, and it's 100 times more powerful than an LED. And the craziest part is you can even use it with a full face of makeup. So check it out for yourself. Visit lima.life. L is for live. Y is for younger. M is for masterful. A is for approved, and learn more about the Lima Laser. If you're interested in trying one today, you can sign up for their newsletter. Tell them that Food Heals sent you, and please let me know if you order one. I want to hear about your results. Again, it's lima.life, L-Y-M-A dot life. Y'all, oh my God, Food Heals Nation, I just got the softest sheets and pajama set from Cozy Earth, and I had to go and get you a discount code too, so that you could experience the coziness as well. You can visit CozyEarth.com, use the promo code FOODHEALS, and you'll get an exclusive 35% off. So Cozy Earth, it's like your one-stop shop for what they call the luxury she deserves. So listen up, guys because this could make a great gift for that special someone, your girlfriend, your wife, the mother in your life. And don't forget, Mother's Day will be here before we know it. So get a gift for the mom or moms. Here's a nice little gift you could ask for. Anyways, let's start with the sheets to transform your sleep. The coolest thing about Cozy Earth Bedding is that it is temperature regulating. So you stay cool, which is so important when you're sleeping. Plus they are just so soft. It feels like I'm sleeping on a cloud. Plus I love the cozy earth quality and longevity promise. All products come with a 100 night sleep trial and a 10 year warranty. So incorporating cozy earth products into your self-care routine can enhance your sleep quality and just overall wellness. So Again, this is the luxury you deserve. You can treat yourself to the ultimate in comfort and indulgence with Cozy Earth bedding and sleepwear and prioritize your self-care and sleep health. 
And while you're at it, don't forget to check out the Bamboo Pajama Set. It was awarded Oprah's Favorite Things in 2019, so you know it's good. I love the softness and breathability of the fabric, and it has these really great side pockets. And don't forget that by supporting our sponsors, you support this show. Head over to CozyEarth.com, use the promo code FOODHEELS for an exclusive 35% off, and go get your mom the luxury she deserves on Mother's Day at CozyEarth.com with promo code Food Heals. Food Heals Podcast, Episode 64. There was something about him. I, I did his chart <laughs> the day that I met him. I was curious. And of course, that was my sneaky way of getting his email address so I could send him his chart. And then oh, about- how did he react to that? <laughs> Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals Podcast with your hosts, Alison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Hills Nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In rare cases, women have experienced a strong desire to change their status update from hashtag blessed to hashtag OMG even more blessed than yesterday, hashtag loving life. If you experience any of these symptoms, make sure to tweet a Kardashian immediately. Happy Valentine's Day, Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining us. I'm Allison Melody. And I'm Susie Hardy. Happy Valentine's Day, Allison. Happy Valentine's Day, Susie. And since the big V-Day is tomorrow, today's episode is all about love. That's right. You're going to hear our personal love stories, and we're talking to one of our favorite guests, J.J. Flazanes, about the law of attraction and how to attract the one. But first, we have to tell you about our sponsor. Today's podcast is sponsored by Acuity Scheduling. Acuity allows you to schedule clients without sacrificing your soul. Are you looking for the perfect scheduling tool for your business? Are you sick and tired of sending emails back and forth and wasting your precious time on scheduling your clients? If so, we've got the solution for you. Yes, if you're a small business owner, maybe a massage business like Susie's or a podcast like us, where you have to schedule appointments on a regular basis, Acuity is the only scheduling tool and time management tool you will ever need. You're here to make yourself money, not make yourself crazy. And we've been there. Yeah, we have. We've gone crazy a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) But Acuity took the Food Heals podcast to the next level and really changed our business. You know, before we had Acuity, we were spending all this wasted time on emails back and forth. Can you make it at this time? Can you make it that time? Like, it's a total nightmare, right, Suze? Absolutely. You know, and so it's so much better now. It's so much easier. The entire process is automated and we're saving all this time. And time is money. So we're saving money. Yes. Clients can see your real-time calendar availability, self-select the time that works best for them, and easily book and pay for their own appointments in advance, sparing you 89% of current headaches, mix-ups, and grunts of frustration. I've never had a grunt of frustration. Just kidding. I have them all the time. Yeah, but you're so ladylike about them. Aw, <gasps> <Aww>, thanks. <laughs> you're welcome. It's Valentine's Day. I know. Happy Valentine's Day. We have to be in a loving place. We are. I know. We're loving each other. That's okay? right. And we have three dogs in the studio, and they're all loving us. Jackson's in Susie's lap He's right now. He's literally on my lap. <laughs> giving her so much love. And the other two are on the floor and on the couch, just chilling. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, if a client needs to reschedule, they can do it themselves without ever bothering you with an email. And that has been a lifesaver for Susie and I because it's so much 
when you get home at night and you have all the emails to respond to, to schedule something the next day, it is torture, right? And when you have many things going on, as you and I both do, and as our clients do, they often have multiple businesses, things come up. Yeah. And so to find a time that works for everybody was just an endless sea of emails back and forth. I can't believe... How did we do it before Acuity? I don't know. I don't know. It was a lot of time wasted. But now it's so seamless. It's great. And it's a time saver. I love it. Never let another client fall through the cracks, miss a beat, or lose a booking. You'll get notified anytime a new appointment is booked. Check your schedule right from your phone and even tell Acuity to automatically update the calendars you already use, like Google, Outlook, iCal, or Office 365. And I just love how the booking goes straight to my iCal. I know. I love that too. Mm -hmm. Gain an instant professional edge and be able to compete with the big guys, no matter how small your business. Or big your business. That's right. (laughs) Automatically, you can send branded and customized confirmations, reminders, and follow-ups via email or text message. And if you need to accept payments, you can accept payments and tips through Stripe, PayPal, Braintree, and Authorize.net with the click of a button. Go to acuityscheduling.com slash foodheals to get a 45-day trial. I mean, that's a really amazing deal, Food Heals Nation. It's usually 14 days, but you can try it out with our discount for 45 days. See if it works for you. If it doesn't, try something else, but I'm, I'm betting it will. I can't imagine how it wouldn't. Yeah, and it's really affordable if you do decide to do it. It's a low monthly fee. They even have a free version if you don't need all the bells and whistles. So there's different tiers you can choose from. Acuityscheduling.com slash Food Heals. Yep. And Food Heals Nation, don't forget to join our Facebook group at foodhealsgroup.com. Remember, this is a private, closed group. This is for friends, fans, and guests of the Food Heals podcast where we can connect and talk about holistic health and healing in a safe, private space. We have daily theme posts where we share stories and links such as Transformation Tuesday. This is where we can share inspiring stories of people who are doing incredible things, healing themselves and the world. Prepare to be inspired. I'm always inspired on Tuesdays. We also have Wellness Wednesdays, Thirsty Thursdays, Freedom Fridays, so many great themed posts where we can talk about all the things going on in our lives. And don't forget Self-Promotion Saturday. If you have a product or service that you think would benefit Food Heals Nation, you can post it on Saturdays and we won't judge you. We won't kick you off, I swear. (laughs) And you can connect with new customers and clients. Yep. And we have minor rules. We'll call them guidelines. Just be cool. Don't spam. Don't be a bully. We don't want to delete you. Because we will do it. (laughs) We haven't had to yet. No, because all of our fans are awesome. But, you know. Just in case one slips through the cracks, Mm -hmm. be nice. Be nice. All right, next up, our personal love stories, and then we're talking Law of Attraction with J.J. Flazanes. The Food Heals Podcast starts now. So, Susie, what's your love story? How did you meet your husband? I met him. I'm trying to think of like a really funny joke, but (laughs) and then be like, no, just kidding. I met him online. Mm Mm-hmm. And God is online, as we talked about in another episode. What's that? Remember, God is online. God is online. And, you know, it's so funny because, like, I had tried online dating a couple of times before with disastrous, horrible, <laughs> I'm talking horrible results oh, in terms man. of the people I met. And I, I try, and I do now at this point, I look back at it and laugh. And maybe we'll do a podcast about that. <laughs> but I know a lot of friends of mine, actually, that have met their significant others, men that they wound up with. Yeah, me too. Um, 
from online. And it's just, it's about a numbers game. So we met on OkCupid mm-hmm. and he hit me up because I, I developed, after my disastrous uh, results, I developed rules for myself. I was like, I'm going to try this again. I'm going to not take it seriously. I don't expect anything. This is just to play. This is just to, you know, increase my skills about meeting new people, meeting, going on blind dates. And see, and that's it. And I, I did not expect it to work, but it did. And so he hit me up and we had some, you know, emailing back and forth on the site and he was really sweet. And then I, he sent me a link to a Coldplay song, which because I have green eyes, he sent me the link to green eyes. And I don't know why, but I, I just didn't respond because it wasn't like an engaging. It was really sweet, but it wasn't like an engaging. It wasn't a question or something. And I kind of just I don't know if I was, tech, you know, writing other men or whatever, but I just Aww. disappeared for a couple of weeks. Oh, God. And then he, like, wrote back. But he wrote back. Yeah. And he's like, hey, where'd you go? Or something like that. And then I <laughs> continued. in like, as long as he would ans- ask questions, I would, like, kind of engage. And he was cute. I found him attractive. And you never know who, what you're going to get. You never know if the pictures are correct. Right. Pictures- is it their picture from 10 years ago? Exactly. Or current day? <laughs> exactly. But his, or so- and sometimes people just don't look the way they look in photos. Mm-hmm. Or they're making an interest or a, a different face or something. I don't know. It's very odd. Yeah. But he looked like his – then we moved to the phone because I had rules. I was like, I need to hear. I'm a voiceover artist, and and we're on a podcast. I need. To, I'm very vocally focused. Mm-hmm. I this is for the next time we talk about this. But I once went and met a guy that sounded like Mickey Mouse. Like I couldn't. I needed like a a nice wow. deep voice. Yeah, he sounded like Mickey Mouse, and that was just a turn off. When I met him in person, yeah, because it was just he was ve- he was a very handsome guy, but he had this very high pitched, squeaky, almost Mike Tysony kind of voice, and I was like, I oh my god, I I can't, I can't, I can't. And voices do say a lot about people. And I actually, it's funny. I was talking to my husband the other day, and that we heard some guys. I forgot it was on the t- it was on the television or on on YouTube or something. I forgot. And there was someone. I can kind of tell when people aren't in their authentic voice. I can tell mm. when they're kind of putting it on. Yeah. They're not kind of they're not grounded. It's and it I yeah. I totally hear And it's what probably you're because I I voice act, right? So I know how to put it on for myself and then I can tell when someone's not breathing from their gut and they're not really being in their own voice. That's really interesting. So I heard that and I was like, "Oh god, that guy's voice is awful." And my husband's <laughs> like, "Why are you being so judgmental?" But like I could the, so it was with this date, I just Skype, yeah. It didn't work out, but okay. it wasn't meant to. So back to our story. So, But that's how you formulated one of your roles. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, and I think it's important because when Mike and I talked on the phone, you know, it's nerve-wracking meeting someone online. But when we talked on the phone, it was he was he was always really easy to talk to. That's, that's great. just one of my husband's many great qualities. It's just really easy to talk to. And when I was talking to him, I felt like I knew him for 20 years. Mm-hmm. And that's probably always a good sign, right? Like, Yeah, one of your soulmates, mm-hmm. as Tracy Crossley would say. That's right. What would you say? Soul group. Soul group. Soul yeah, group. someone from your soul group. That's right. And so I, we talked for a half hour. What kind of first conversation on the phone with someone is a half – it was a half hour. So you were really connecting. We were just – it never – it's not – he didn't run out of things to say. He was really personable. He was really charming. He was really engaging. He was obviously interested because, I, like I had said, I had already stopped responding to him. But mm-hmm. it was just kind of – it was easy. That's it was great. easy. Yeah. And so then I said, okay, let's just – let's meet. And this is actually very cute. I was driving to meet him at this bar on Franklin, which is right by uh, – right by – oh, what's that canyon? Beachwood. Right mm-hmm. by Beachwood Canyon. Yeah. This place called – Franklin and Company. This I hadn't been there, but it looked like a cool bar. And I was like, "Oh, let's meet there." And I'm dri- and it's not that far from my house. And I'm driving there, and I happen to look in my rearview mirror, and I see a guy that looks like him in a silver convertible with shades on and the top down. 
And I was like, oh my God, oh I my think God. that's him. <laughs> and I just happened, because there was traffic, and I just happened to notice it. Normally, I don't think I, you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of weird. I've never met him. I've seen pictures of him. I'm like, yeah. oh my God, that's him. Should I call him? I'm like, no, no, no. I'll just wait. I'll get to the place and see if that was him. Oh my God. So, so I funny. get there, and, and he's late, but even though he's right behind me. And um, Did he have to get some liquid courage in the car? Or no, he had he gas, apparently. But okay. he comes up, I'm sitting at the bar, he comes up behind me, and he, um, my husband is, many, wears many hats, but one of his jobs in his past was salesman, and he knows NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, mm-hmm. which is a technique that's useful in life, just generally. But he comes up behind me, and he puts his hand on my low back. Which that's is hot. An, yeah, it is, but it's an NLP thing. Mm-hmm. It's like to establish a connection and establish like safety. Yeah. And he's like, Susie. And I turned around <laughs> and it's him. It was the guy that was behind me. And I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. And so I'd asked him, he's like, yeah, I stopped to get gas. I was like, you were behind me. Mm-hmm. And so I had the, uh, the next rule was that I could stay or I, w- I had to stay for one drink or coffee or whatever. Mm-hmm. That if I met someone and it just didn't work out, I gave myself permission to get the hell out of there. If I, f- like I was going to trust my gut. Good for you. And so we had one drink. And we had another, mm-hmm. and we had some food. Mm-hmm. Three hours pass. Wow. We hang out for three hours, and all of a sudden, I start to freak out, like <laughs> internally. When I re- when I looked at my my phone, I'm like, oh my god, like I've hung out, I've been here for three hours. Like I, I didn't expect it to work. I didn't expect the guys I'd met before were kind of, some of them were nice guys, some of them were trolls. I didn't expect it to all work out, and so I kind of freaked out, and I was like, I have to go. I have to go feed my dog. And he's like, oh, okay. (laughs) So so I kind of got out of there. But he was very persistent. He kept – we had a couple – actually, so that meeting was really great. Our first actual date was not very good at Mm. all. So, so like, we had – that was our meeting, right? We met. Yeah. Then we established we're going to go to dinner. And he said he was new to town. So he's like, what do, what do you want to do? Where do you want to go? I said, okay, let's go to First Fridays in Venice. I thought that would be fun. Uh-huh. That's a horrible first date suggestion because – It's very hard to get to. It's very hard to get to. <laughs> Unless you live there. But we went in his convertible. And then – That's nice. There were – you know, there's food trucks. There's a ton of people. It's just very crowded. We had to walk around. We're trying to get to know each other over our shoulders, eating, you know, things off sticks. It was just not – it was not – it was totally my fault. We wound up going and sitting down in this restaurant. I don't remember the name of it. It was – I would never go back there again. It was supposed to be super healthy, but it was a kind of place that, like, we sat at the bar. Every was packed. Mm-hmm. We sat at the bar like, oh, can we have some bread? And they just look at us and like, we don't do that here. God. I'm like, oh, okay. It's one of the – okay. Sorry. <laughs> That I asked for gluten. I'm sorry. <laughs> and it just wasn't, it was okay. It just There was no chance for romance. There was no chance for a further connection. It was just kind of like, Ugh. It's very crowded. There's a lot of people. It was bad. And I, and I still walked away from that going, he's this really sweet, nice guy. And, and I like him. Maybe we'll just be friends. Anyway, he had picked me up from a place and I left my car because I was already halfway to the, to the beach. When we, he dropped me back to the car... I gave him a kiss on the cheek. I got out and I got in my car and I had to go get gas. And when I pull into the gas station, he's there. No way. Yeah. Why is he always getting gas? I don't know. I don't know. But the fact that like there's like these little things that I don't necessarily like one or two or whatever. But there was these little things happening that I was like, oh, this is interesting. And he was there and he like gave me another hug and. Those are signs. There are signs. And then from there thereafter, like and he we he waited to make any moves. Like I still I still think that I probably made the first move to kiss him 
They'll, he'll argue, if we had him on the podcast, he'd argue with me about it, but it was 4th of July. So on our fourth date, we finally smooched, That's- which is kind of a while. Yeah. Like, so I was still like, oh, maybe we'll, maybe we'll just be friends. I don't know. Right. And that was fine. You know, at this stage of the game, being an adult, it's like, you don't need to rush into it. Yeah. No. I mean, if you feel the urge, go for it. If it's mutual, go for it. But like, it was just, it was different. It was almost like he was playing a little hard to get, which... That's, I mean, that makes a girl come running. Yeah. So just like yeah. it makes a guy but come running. he was running. super confident. He didn't, he wasn't, you yeah. know, he wasn't out to prove anything. Yeah. He was just, he was just himself. He was comfortable. He was comfortable on the phone. He was comfortable in person. It was just, it was easy. And that's why I kept going out with him. And that's why I kept, you know, spending time with him. And yeah. It just was easy. That's interesting because ours was very similar in terms of like, it took a long time for us to get physical. <laughs> like, I was like, okay, we're just friends. And yeah. I knew there was a, an attraction, but he wasn't chasing after me either, and I wasn't chasing after him. So there was a friendship first, not for long, but it was just a different way of going about things than guys I had dated in the past that were just went after it. And that, you know, it, I have to say in general, I find that happens more in L.A., Really? Yeah. That guys are a little bit more... In New York, they're much more aggressive. Really? I don't know. I can't speak for the rest of the country. (laughs) (laughs) But in your experience. In my experience, I find that in LA, guys are a little bit more like, I'm going to play it cool. They're smoking too much weed, I think. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so go on. Well, how I met Dan, my husband, is we lived in the same apartment complex. So we had this great setup where all the apartments looked out onto a pool. It was very Melrose Place. Melrose Place? In the middle of Hollywood, like where Susie lives now, um, next to Runyon Canyon, like very central, very trendy, where everyone goes to walk their dogs at Runyon and go running and everything like that. And um, so we lived in this apartment complex. My apartment was on the third floor, looked out to the pool. His was on the second floor, looked out to the pool. And my friend Jill lived on the first floor and looked out to the pool. And if I I was like 25 and I'm like, if I wanted to find out what was going on that night, I just went to my balcony and would go, hey, what's going on tonight? <laughs> and someone would respond. <laughs> like everyone was new to Hollywood. Yeah, it was totally Melrose Place. Everyone had a dream and a goal, you know, whether it was, I mean, Jill was a teacher, but some people wanted to be actors. Like one of my roommates wanted to be an actress. The guys in, in their apartment, they were all wanting to be in the film industry. Some already were, you know, so everyone is like working on their dream, living in this like really you know decent they were decent apartments they weren't shitty they weren't fabulous they were kind of in the middle but so we met because we were neighbors and it was kind of like living in the dorms you know when you live in the dorms and everyone just hangs out with who yeah. lives in the dorms and like yeah. my dorms were co-ed so we had guys across Mine the hall too. yeah and so it was that experience and we would like play pranks on each other or we would like you know walk our dogs together we would go hike together we would go drink together so there was like this little community of all people around the same like four or five years of age right and so there was a couple older people a couple younger people but all feeling like they were in the same generation of new to LA trying to figure it out so it was really fun and at first it was more of a friendship and I remember I was on a date he was on a date and we all walked down together from our apartment with a big group oh my god yeah to um, (laughs) the Rose of hotel yeah and i remember i was on a date with another guy but i was definitely checking him out but i was like we're just friends like whatever i'm on a date with this guy you're on a date with this girl but it wasn't it was probably like 
a week or two later that we were on a date with each other. Did so, he ask, so he asked you out? Well, because no. Because also guys in LA can be like, well, what are you doing? You want to no. hang out? and get... That's not, he did ask me out, but not yet. So then the next thing that happened was we had three girls at a bar and he called me and he's like, oh, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm at this bar. And he drove to the bar. Just like, okay, let's hang, like, all right. So that night we all hung out and then we went back to my apartment, which wasn't weird. It wasn't like a date going back to my apartment. Like we just all went back to my apartment. Right. He lives in the building. It's no big deal. But slowly everyone left and he stayed. I love stayed. how you add footnotes. <laughs> what did I You're say? adding all details in case someone might think the wrong thing. You're like adding like, oh, wait, wait, wait. No, just so you know. Just, okay. So that was, okay. I love it. But yeah, it wasn't like I'm coming up to your place. It was like we all went back to my yeah, place. Yeah. And that was completely normal because like we would be hanging out at his place or our other neighbor's place on a regular basis. So then everyone slowly left and there was like a late night TV show on like the Tonight Show or something and he stayed and then I I think he walked out to go to the door and I like walked him out and he turned around and kissed me and I said don't ever do that again. <gasps> Drama. <laughs> you did? Yes. How long was the kiss? Um, was it a, like a quick kiss? No, it was a real kiss. Why did you say don't ever? Wait, okay, so explain. Because Footnote we, it. Because we were neighbors, and I was like, I don't want this to get weird. Are you being professional? Because we're friends. I would have done the opposite. It's going to get so weird because <laughs> we all hang out, and then it's going to be like, are they, aren't they? What are we? Blah, blah, blah. And so he goes, okay. And then he left. And then... Basically, we were making out again within a week. Ah. <laughs> and then, he, well done, Dan. Yeah, and then he did <laughs> invite. I hear me. what you say, and I'm not going to follow it. <laughs> yeah, he did say that he backed off, and then he could tell that I was sending him signals, which I will deny until the day that I die. But he says that mm-hmm. he got the signals from me, so then he was just like, "Okay, obviously, I we're going to make out these again." Signals were. We should have invited the boys to the podcast yeah. to tell their version of the story. That would be interesting. That would be really funny. Yeah, <laughs> that would be really funny. So then he did take me out on a proper date, and we were dating ever since. And we then should I played the newlywed game on the show. <laughs> okay. Well, I've been with mine for ten years, so we're, we if we don't kick your ass, there's a problem. Yeah. Like, yeah. if we don't beat you, true. We, ha- we should divorce. <laughs> <laughs> okay, never mind. Anyway, go ahead. Um, okay, so you're sending him signals that you deny. Oh, yeah. So anyways, we dated for, I don't know. I, I don't remember the amount of years. Three or four years after that, lived together, everything. Well, after about four years, I believe, I broke up with him. He didn't fight me. I left. Moved to Santa Monica. So we were done. So I was single, he was single, but we still talked almost every day. We still went to dinner. We still went to movies. Like, we did not let go of the relationship. We did not move on. So I don't know what the point of it was. I can say, like, spiritually, so many good things came out of it. I met amazing new friends, like people that were in my wedding, you know. So the best part of the story is after being broken up for a while, he drives over to my house. He had a key, okay. But um, (laughs) he drives over to my house. He comes to my door, and he's like, I have to talk to you. And there's someone at my house. I'm on a date. Okay. So there's a guy in my house. Dun, we're dun, dun. Yeah, we're watching TV. So he's like, I have to talk to you. And I'm like, okay, this is a bad time. You need to go. Like, just this is not a good time. He's like, no, I have to talk to you. And he was all like disheveled looking. And I've never seen him like this. Like, I thought he was on drugs. I've never seen him on drugs. He doesn't <laughs> do drugs. But like, he was so upset and strange looking. So we like walk outside of the sidewalk and I'm just like, okay, what's going on? Like I was worried, like did someone die? Like what's going on? 
And he just laid it on the line. He goes, I will do anything to get you back. I'm in love with you. He was like, letting you go was the biggest mistake of my life. And he goes, this is my movie moment where the guy goes and gets the girl. And she says, yes. And I go, you have to leave. (laughs) (laughs) Again? Never do that again. You have to leave. Yes. I have a problem with intimacy, I believe. Not anymore. <laughs> but um, I was just like, I can't deal with this right now. I can't I'm on a I can't. You're a screenwriter and you're equating this to a movie yeah. moment? Yeah, he wanted it you to be to a leave. movie moment. Yeah. I love that. So apparently he left and then he called his mom and he was telling her the story like he walked up to my house and he looked in the window and he saw that there was a guy there. So he left and his mom was like, thank God, thank God you left. And he goes, no, mom. Then I turned around. I marched right up to the door and I said, <laughs> F that guy. She's mine. <laughs> so he knew I was on a date and he came in anyway. So I have to give him props for that. That's, yeah, that I takes know. some courage. And like that probably helped. Like fire, put a fire under him. Like I gotta do this yeah, now or like, never. Look at her, she's moving on. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Nice, well done. Yeah. So long story short, it did take me like a month to let him back into my heart, but of course I did because it was always him. But he had a key. Yeah, that is true. He did have like, a key, literally and figuratively. He had a key. Yes, I never had truly let him go, and you know, I thought I was moving on, but I was just fooling myself. And that's okay. But so, you know what? Sometimes you need those actions, even though it's a pain in the ass to move. Um, yeah, it wasn't. That was the biggest pain it, of it. I it kept always, moving. Oh, my God. <laughs> Everyone's like, where do you live now? <laughs> I always said I would never live with a man unless I knew I'd, like, I was engaged or I knew he's going to be my mm-hmm. husband. And I, I did it in my late 20s. I moved in with a boyfriend. I thought we might get married, but it didn't turn out that way. And it, I probably stayed in the relationship longer than we would have mm-hmm. if we weren't living together. It's, yeah. Because moving is a pain in the ass. It really is. And you're like, you got to make this work because I don't have enough money to buy a new couch. Like, come on. But in your case, probably clarify things, right? Yeah. And I really have to say that, you know, if everything is meant to be and everything that we talk about on this podcast, like that time apart really, really was good for us to grow as individuals because we were really young when we met because I'm three and a half years older than him anyways. I met him when I was 25. So he's like you know, barely 22, I think. So we were so young at that time that it was okay to go be on our own for a while and figure out who we were independently of each other Mm -hmm. and then come back together stronger than ever. And, you know, things aren't perfect. There's trouble in paradise. You know, this is not, getting married is not the end of your troubles. Like we still fight, but we love each other so much that, you know, you make it work. And I would, yeah, I would definitely have to say, I would agree with you there. It's like, you have this idea. Yeah. That's because I'm a part of the Disney generation. Like, yeah. You get the married, fairy tale. You get married and all is blissful. Yeah. No, it's just another level of like mature relationships. Yeah. And like. And I mean, you're still learning about yourself and about each other. Yeah. And so. It's a journey. A lot of my single friends say, oh, well, you're so lucky you're married. And of course, I agree with them. But I just want to say, if you are single on Valentine's Day, cherish this time and get to know yourself and be that strong, independent person. Learn about yourself. What makes you happy? Like, what can you do every day to bring more love and joy into your life? It doesn't mean love from a man or from a woman. It means loving yourself and being excited to get out of bed every morning because you're going to 
whatever it is you want to do, play piano, do your art, do your business, um, be with your family, whatever it is, it can Mm -hmm. be anything. What brings you joy? Because when you love yourself and you're radiating love, that creates a space for a loving person to come in. It's attractive. You know, you think about the people that you gravitate to, friends, family members, coworkers, whatever, people that you meet in a bar, who are the people that people are, are, are moving towards that are attractive? You know, those types of personalities that are big and kind of welcoming and everybody loves them. Why is that? Mm-hmm. It's not because they're needy and they're like, love me, love me, love me. They're, they're friendly and outgoing and radiating positivity and they're, they're talking to everybody and they know how to talk to everybody and they just, they don't need validation from other people. Yeah, that's you know? so true. So, so be that, you know, radiate that love and then accept it when it comes back to you. Yeah. Couldn't say it better. Love that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, next up, Food Heals Nation, we're going to talk to JJ about Valentine's Day, Law of Attraction and Manifesting the One. JJ is the director of Invisible Fitness, an Amazon bestselling author of Fit to Love, How to Get Physically, Emotionally, and Spiritually Fit to Attract the Love of Your Life, and author of Knack Absolute Abs. Routines for a fit and firm core, and was named best personal trainer in Los Angeles for 2007 by Elite Traveler Magazine. Welcome, JJ. Thank you, ladies. I love being here. It's very, it's very fun. It's almost too fun to stop talking with you. It is so much fun. So happy Valentine's Day. Happy Thank Valentine's you. Day. <laughs> Thank you. What do you, do you guys have plans for what you're doing for yourselves on Valentine's Day? Well, we have to make self-honoring, loving choices, right? So I think I will start the day with yoga and then hang out with my hubby in the afternoon and evening. Great. Susie? I I haven't. I'm an Aquarius. I don't plan. (laughs) (laughs) I just go. All right. Well, I'm sure that Mike has something romantic planned for you guys. (laughs) What about you, JJ? Well, I have a tradition for myself that I usually get a massage or go to the spa. I usually take some time to meditate that day and of course eat really fun foods for myself. I usually buy myself a lot of flowers. <laughs> I have a husband and yes, he buys me flowers and and he does things. It's not because he's not romantic. I just don't want to pressure him. And I did a show last year on Hay House actually, Hay House Radio, and that was one of my most fun messages was to tell everybody like what my plans were for Valentine's Day because it was so fun and and it and I think especially for guys, like they really appreciate when you don't put in their lap is their responsibility to have you feel loved for the day. Like you love yourself. You want flowers, buy them for yourself. I buy the kinds I like. There's nothing worse than when people buy me flowers I don't like. Now, I I, I appreciate the gesture and I acknowledge and I thank them. And as far as they know, I love them. <laughs> but the reality of it is like I'm not as excited to get, you know, lilies as I am to get roses and to get multicolor roses, like pink tipped with, you know, white or oh, something. like Right. I love roses. And so I just make sure I go buy the ones I like. And then I feel happy and loved because I've placed them all around the house. So definitely buy yourself flowers. I do that. I take baths. I go to the spa. I get a workout in. I get meditation in. I usually make sure I enjoy some fun treat kind of food that I feel really good about. And JJ, you manifested your husband through the law of attraction, right? Yes, ma'am, I did. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> the story is in the book, in my Fit to Love book. And 
I have, we're actually recording the audiobook right now, and I really, really have asked him to do it. I want my husband to record his chapter with me. I interview him in the book, but I really want people to hear his voice. That is so have, cool. Yeah, I would love to hear that. His story, because I mean, I have it recorded because I transcribed it, but it's not good quality recording, and I would want him to be able to do it in a better quality mic. So, yeah, I'm. we have a very fun story. You know, just to real quickly tell you, we met February 6th, 5th or 6th, 2006, and we were both dating other people. In mm-hmm. fact, I was dating someone, but in love with someone who was I was with before that person. So Brian wasn't even, like, I wasn't looking, and he wasn't either, mm-hmm. and it just sort of happened, this energy, and he had he had some things that I was like, uh, nah, I'd never date that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and, but they always something- do. Right. Uh, well, that, yeah, we'll talk about that in the show. It's always <laughs> will, the unexpected. <laughs> we're going to talk about that in the show today, finally, about relationships, because you attract what you need to heal within yourself. And it's... Yep. It's familiar to you. So you at first, it's like endearing. <laughs> and then, or it's something you go, oh, whatever, I can live with that. And then later on, you know, as the honeymoon period stops, you yeah. go, oh, oh, well, maybe I don't want to live with this forever. And maybe I don't like this. And this isn't okay for me. And I didn't really know how much I didn't like it because I was so infatuated with love and yeah. on all those great endorphins and chemicals. So yeah, and- we... Yeah. And it drives you crazy. <laughs> right, right. It's like, uh-oh. And then you, you want to make it about the other person and say, well, they have to change it. And anyway, we're going to get to that. So we there was something about him. I, I did his chart <laughs> the day that I met him. I was curious. And of course, that was my sneaky way of getting his email address so I could send him his chart. And then- oh, How did he God. react to that? How did he react to that? Well, I will tell you- if I didn't, I think I mentioned on the first show, I'm a Pisces, but so mm-hmm. is my husband. Mm-hmm. And so the Pisces in him was totally into astrology. Okay. Really. And I mean, not, to- not like I was into astrology because obviously I, if he knew all of his planets, I wouldn't have had to do his chart. He could have just told me what they were. So I said, can I do your chart? He said, yes. He was watching the game. He's a normal, typical guy. You know, he's watched, he's focused on the game and me, I'm the normal, typical, I don't give a crap about football. I'm just here to like have fun and party and I don't care about the game. So <laughs> I, was, you know, I'll, t- I'll do your chart. It's like, oh, very interesting. Can I, do you want me to send it to you? He's like, sure. So I got his email address. And then, you know, after the weekend was over, it kind of lingered. And I, I asked the friends who had had the party and I said, did he ask about me? He was colleagues with them and they were clients of mine. Mm-hmm. And they said, no. And I was like, okay. And again, remember, I'm dating somebody else and still in love with somebody else other than that. And, but it, it just sort of lingered, and I thought, well, I I'm curious, like I'm feeling something, and I need to exp- I need to like do something about it. So why don't you guys have another party? <laughs> so two <laughs> weeks later, they had another party called "Come Drink the Rest of Our Beer Party," and we and I was <laughs> drinking gluten free beer, by the way, everybody. So so they nice. invited they invited him back, smaller group, no TV, and by that point, it was very obvious. We sat at a table together and never left, and the party went on around us. And so after that session he called and said did she ask about me and they were like yes and he was like woohoo so by february 18th or 19th 2006 it was clear to both of us that we were interested Mm -hmm. so our first date wasn't until october (gasps) uh, 28 (laughs) eight months later wow and i and for all you single women and men that are out there listening especially the ladies you know i've i've told my story to some of my single friends more than one time (laughs) because (laughs) because they love hearing the hope in that in the eight months yeah. and I'll be, I'll be honest again even though we were both 
you know, interested. I wasn't, well, I, I was in a place with my own self-growth that I was very clear about what I wanted. And yes, I knew he was interested in, yes, I was still dating somebody else, but I was like, you know what? But there are still things about him that I'm like, no, I don't want those things. And I thought, well, if he wants, if he wants to be the man that I want, then I'm not going to take the the masculine role of asking him out. He's going to have to ask me. And so I think we had like one or two phone calls in between those eight months. And one of them was he when he did finally call the first time, I forget how long it took. He was like, well, if you're ever in Tustin, and I thought, lame, lame, <laughs> lame. And I'm like, well, if you're ever in Manhattan Beach. And so nothing went anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I knew right then and there I could have said, hey, let's go out. And he would have said yes. But that wasn't what I wanted. I you know, I run my own business. I'm in masculine a lot and I really craved a man. Mm-hmm. And I so if I'm going to crave a man, I better allow him to be a man and, you know, activate my feminine so he comes to get me when he's ready. And if he doesn't, then it wasn't meant to be. And there's a reason for it. And me begging and pleading and changing and coercing doesn't change the fact that if he wasn't ready, then he's not ready and I can't make him be ready. It's such an amazing attitude to have because how many women do we know or have we been that woman that is like, I'll change for you or I'll just, you know, change this one thing and then it'll all come together and it doesn't and it's not going to. Right. And that's, we all go through it. I think it's part of the growth process. I had been in a relationship with an ex-boyfriend in college who I thought we were going to get married. We were together four and a half years. We were both virgins, actually, because Uh I thought I was going to marry him. So Mm -hmm. it was like, well, why not wait? I don't want to get pregnant while I'm in college. And, you know, I'd like to do this in a smart way. And, And when it came down to it and we ended up breaking up, it was me and it was just, you know, we were young. I'm like, really? Is this it? And and not be- – he was so – anyway, it was torturous. It was like one of those things that you do because there's a yearning inside of you can't explain because if you look on the outside, we're best friends. You do anything for me. You're so supportive. We have great conversations. Like there was nothing wrong except that I was 21. Mm-hmm. And and you're and you're like – and it wasn't even fear of marriage. It was just am I – do I know who I am? And – and I don't know, I'm starting to have feelings and, and yearnings and, and sexual feelings for other men that I, you know, and it's like all very confusing. And so, <laughs> and, and anyway, so when I left that relationship, the next relationship was extremely dysfunctional. It was my boss who was eight years older than me. He was Latin. That was my first experience with Latin guys. He was a Puerto Rican in New York and very hot. Like the whole thing was really, in a, I had never experienced that sexual chemistry like that, like in that true, like really, oh my God. And and that relationship was about me. It was two and a half years of dysfunction where I literally, like I knew he was interested but he would never commit to me. And I, I was the other woman. I mm. was, I would, you know, I was with him when he was with us. It was just, it was really dysfunctional. And all my friends were like, what are you doing? You're never going to get what you want from him. And, and it was two and a half years. In fact, I have journals during that time that literally say, okay, God, let me learn the lesson and let it be over. Like I knew, I knew that I want out of this. This isn't real. This isn't forever. This isn't the guy I'm supposed to be with. So why do I keep doing this? Why were you so smart at a young age, by the way? <laughs> well, I think it's my sadness, actually, Allison. <laughs> I mm. think it's that I think it's that old soul sad reflection. And I and I have such a great foundation growing up of being able to express myself and feeling mm-hmm. love and support and being exposed to different religions and, and being inquisitive and that sad part of me asking, well, yeah. why? Well, why? Well, why do you do this? And why do they do that? And knowing early on that people were different and people don't all like the same thing or want the same thing or think in the same way. And so that taste for culture and and being different was was sort of in me. And so I, I just, 
I knew it was a lesson, but that didn't mean what I did didn't. You, uh, what did you, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. What did you learn from that relationship? Well, so that's where I was like, so even though I recognized it the entire time uh, <laughs> that I was going through it, that it was dysfunctional and it wasn't going to be the end and why am I in this and why am I so drawn to this? But it was two and a half years of, of like life class. What I learned about that was that the reason why he wasn't choosing me, like literally this is where it got to, had nothing to do with me. <laughs> It had right. nothing to do with me. It was his insecurity. He didn't think he was good enough for me. And and I didn't understand that. And it took me doing different things and sh- be showing up in different ways. And, you know, I, I just, I did kind of morph myself a little bit. Not so far. I never, I've never left my center. There's, you know, there's like, you know who you are to a certain degree, even when you're really young. And you know when you put on a persona that's very different than who you are. So I've never strayed so far for so long away from who I really am. But I, but because of the the Pisces multifaceted left, right, brain, creative, whatever, actress, singer, dancer, creative person, I would try on different costumes. I would do different things because I'm that person who can be around pretty much, at least I was then, (laughs) uh, anybody. (laughs) And like, if you're a vegan, I'm a vegan with you. If you're only eating this, I can eat this with you. Like I went with the flow. Yeah, you're malleable. I get that. Yeah. So I just, so I tried things. And so what I learned, the biggest lesson really was that the reason why he would never commit to a relationship with me was because he didn't feel like that it had nothing to do with me. It had nothing to do with me. And I was not responsible. It wasn't because I wasn't enough. It wasn't because I did something wrong. It was because it wasn't about me. But I had, but two and a half years is what, you know, I had to go through that to get to the other side. And while I would never wish that on anyone, your struggles and your contrast and the things that you don't like and the things that trigger you are there to teach you. And if you take that attitude, you will you will be able to learn your lesson and move on and be more I hate to say advanced, be more elevated and expanded. And so then you'll get that and then the lesson's over because you've learned it. So I have a question, JJ, and I and I I'm tr- I'm gonna try to formulate this in the most like I have a question that it's on the tip of my tongue and I don't know how to say it. <laughs> it's in my brain. It's swirling like a whirlpool. But like, so how, so I, I fully understand like we attract the people and we're in relationship with the people that will help us learn the lessons to heal our own wounds. And, and whether it's romantic or not, by the way, totally relationships totally. in our life. Absolutely. Totally. Okay. Absolutely. And Everybody. the ones, and the ones that bother you the most are the ones that you could learn from the most. I've learned that. <laughs> Um, or the ones that like evoke the most kind of tumult. I just said tumult. Um, (laughs) (laughs) are the ones that you can learn from the most. So how do you know when, oh, how do you know when you're like, when you should stay and when you should go? Like, how do you know when, like, you know, we're all married. We're all the married ladies. And like, should I, I stay or should I go? Well, it's, you know, I'm, I'm, Ali and I are both newlyweds. We got married in the past year, change. And I've had moments where I'm just like, oh my God, you know, I love him to death. He's the only man that has ever even brought up marriage where my heart was just like, yes. And then it gets to the real heart of it where there's issues to be worked through. And how do you know when... When to run and when to stay and work through it? Great question. Thank you for asking it. I'm going to, I'm going to answer it in two different ways to kind of cover different things. For me back then, I was 21, 
21, 22, 23. I think when I finally got out of it, it was 23-ish, 24-ish. Okay. So there, part of me was, that was the first time I had ever been in a dysfunctional relationship. <laughs> um, and so it was, that's why I, probably why it took me so long. It took two and a half years because I didn't know. Like I, I, and, and all these new feelings and new wanting to, you know, experience changing for someone or trying to please someone or get someone's attention. Like I just didn't know it was a really great lesson for me. And for me, how I, how I learned or how I, like when I got to it, because as I said earlier, I did write in my journal that I was aware that this was a lesson and that it wasn't going to be the end of it. And, but I didn't know what the lesson was and you really can't speed that up. So the surrender part is the first thing I want to tell people is that there's, there's a certain surrender when it came time for me, because I, and I understood when I, it just hit me. It was a, it was a, like a light switch. It went click. And I kid you not, like he was coming up to hang out in my apartment and I kicked him out. Like it was like <laughs> night, like I had gotten it. Like it just, it just, it, that day was the day, even though I had been trying and trying my, you know, j- I just got it and it, I was done. Now that doesn't help a lot of people because maybe, maybe you're like that. Maybe you're not. Again, I was 23 at the time. So now let's fast forward to you're married, you're in a relationship. Especially if you're married, one of the benchmarks, because my relationship went through, like we almost got divorced. Mm-hmm. And because I had written the book, right? And then yeah. after the book came out, it was like, oh, we had an explosion and it lasted for like a couple of years. Because of the book? Nope. Nope. Because of the things that I was no longer willing to, because of the things that I ignored mm-hmm. and trusted would go away and because I said I didn't sign up for this yeah okay and and I know a lot of people get there and I'm nodding right now (laughs) yeah here here's here's where there's a there's a fine line I believe and this is a and I listened to so much Esther and Abraham stuff law of attraction stuff during the time to check in with myself and there is a deep knowing when you get still there's like something in the gut. You can you can differentiate between your head, your heart, and your gut if you're really, really centered. And while there were times that I was like, I'm done, mm-hmm. I could recognize that after just, you know, once the steam kind of cooled down a little bit and let some steam out, I could recognize that my gut said, No, this is this is it. Like you made the right choice. I also know because of how where I was in my life when I manifested him. And this this brings us full circle for the show today in terms of one of the things I wanted to make sure I impress upon people, part of my brand and fit to love and why I'm so passionate about like having it be so holistic on so many different points is because I manifested Brian and I, and I'm, he is my, one of my soulmates. Although I do believe all, a lot of other guys I were with were soulmates. They helped me get here for a time period. Yes. Well, right. But they helped me get here without yes. them. I couldn't have been ready for him. Right. Right. So there is no like wrong, 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 Right. It's right for now, right? And then and then done, and then right for now, and then I, done. I agree. I totally believe that. Yeah, I don't so, think, yeah. And so many people, especially women, like uh, if you look back at all your relationships with heartache as if <clears throat> something was wrong, I'm going to say that's a really hard bag of emotions to carry around with you. And I would, rec- I would recommend anybody go back and heal some of that and in retrospect, look at what you learned from it so that you could have positive feelings about it, even if it ended badly, because there was a reason for it. And we carry so much heartache that it, it makes us cloudy in looking at the truth of what each situation is. So and back you can't to- hold on to that heartache. You got to let it go. And if yep. you haven't, go to therapy, find a friend to talk to, like talk it out, cry it out, get a system in place that works because it will haunt you for the rest of your life. Yes. (laughs) Go on, JJ. Absolutely. (laughs) 
So when it comes to you're in your marriages, and especially you guys are newbies, uh, and, and, <laughs> and like I said, all that honeymooning kind of stuff is starting to fade away, and now your your things are creeping up that didn't really bother you as much before, but now they're really front and center. The question to ask yourself is, where was I truthfully? Where was I when we met and when we got together? So to give you an example, when I manifested Brian, so in that eight months. I didn't know that it was going to be him and I didn't hope it was going to be him. What it, what meeting him gave me was inspiration about the fact that I would be able to find somebody who could have the kinds of conversations we had at that little kitchen table on that second party. We had some pretty good deep conversations and that's what I was looking for. So there was an attraction and deep conversation on spiritual things and that was what I held on to. But just like I mentioned about Valentine's Day and and doing for yourself what you want someone else to do for you and letting everybody else off the hook for the responsibility of making you happy. I was attending to myself in a way I had pretty much never had before and not for any reason. One of my friends, my dance partner actually went to Japan during the time where Brian and I actually had our first date. And before he left, psychically, he said to me, I'm going to leave, you're going to meet your husband, and I'm not going to see you anymore. And I said, you're crazy. What are you talking about? Like, that's not going to happen. And then he left for <laughs> Japan. And Brian was like, hey, let's get together. And I'm like, huh? And so by the time Jaime got back, I was engaged pretty much. So mm-hmm. um, but so I, I went back to during those tough times, I reflected back to how I felt, where I was in my life. When I when we finally had that date, I was in such a centered place. I didn't need him. I didn't need him to make me happy. I didn't need him to give me anything or to do anything for me because I was doing it all for myself, minus this intimacy part, which I was kind of taking care of that too. But, uh, but if you know what I mean. But, but in terms of buying flowers and extra, like I really, my self care was at the top of the top. I was dancing three or four nights a week with a with a partner, having a great time, going to movies with friends, having dinners with friends. You know, just I was taking care of myself in such a great way. I was so happy. I was so happy being by myself, being with friends, having companions, and not having anybody else. So for me, when we started to, you know, when all this stuff started to erupt, I checked in with that and I thought, okay, so I was in the in the healthiest place I could have been in my life when we finally attracted the right timing, the divine timing of us getting together. So in those times, those dark times, I would check in with myself about, okay, is this like what's going on here? Like it was so much that yeah, I mean, it's bad. Like you're thinking, how did I make a mistake? How did I choose this? Or how did I not see this? And and the reality of it was I had to turn that because that conversation will lead you to divorce. And I don't really be- – and again, I will say I always encourage people on the self-empowerment thing to take responsibility for literally as much as you can, even – into how they respond to you. Not that you're going to do things differently so they respond differently, just using it as a mirror to say, you know, if this person's upset with me, how am I fueling that? Am I being defensive, which fuels that anger or that frustration? Am I reflecting back something? Is it, Am I projecting my stuff on them? So literally, if you can take responsibility for as much as you feel comfortable and always bring it back to what can I do about it? then you get to see what you are and aren't willing to do and and make that choice. So I I literally took as much as I possibly could, even from like we talked earlier 
about, was it this show? It might have been last show. On the last <laughs> show, I believe we talked about seeing things from different points of view. I would always, after I cooled down, I'd ask, you know, well, how must he be feeling or what must have happened to produce this response? And then I would have compassion. I would have a heart open and could come back to the situation in a different way. So if you're someone who manifested your partner and you were in a very weak situation and you, your partner was filling a hole for you, it doesn't mean you're doomed and that if you're having problems, <laughs> it can't be fixed. It just means you, you have to recognize that, that that's what that was about and now it's time for you to fill your own hole and then meet that partner in a different space where you don't need them to do something for you. Is that the tweetable? Fill yeah. your own hole? <laughs> Heck yeah. Fill your own No, hole. I joke. I think that so much of what you just said, JJ, is so beautiful, especially about taking accountability and just asking yourself, like, what did I do? I mean, I, I think that, like, if... I, 50% of our society and the relationships did that, that there would be so much more peace because so many people want to blame others. And that's just so beautiful. Thank you. And it's that victim mentality that we talked about last time. If you guys remember, the thing is, is that when you're constantly going, people are doing this to me, it's their fault. You're not taking any responsibility for your role in it. And I know it's hard because sometimes it's hard to recognize what am I actually doing here? But you got to look within. And like, why is the rate of our divorce rates so high right now? It is through the roof. It didn't used to be like this. I mean, I can't answer why, but I can definitely say like, you can probably 75% of the time heal this relationship rather than end it, right? And so work on healing it before ending it. The reason why the divorce rate, I'll answer that for you. The reason why the divorce you know? rate is, well, I'm going to tell you what I think. My educated guess is because just like our society when it comes to health, it's easier to take a pill than to change your lifestyle. So it's easier to divorce the person than to change yourself and take responsibility for your stuff because we, the culturally, and again, part of this is that our parents were raised in a time where it happened to them. And so then they pass it on to us. And this is like, we are, we are literally pioneering a new way of thinking by even having conversations about thoughts and feelings. Yeah. Our parents and grandparents didn't do that. They didn't have the luxury of that. They needed to survive. So, so we have to stop looking at it as like all this bad stuff happened and we're stupid if we don't know this or, you know, well, why are we having this conversation? Isn't it their fault? Like we're, we keep evolving and now we, we, pretty much got survival like we, we feel okay about that so now we have that's why we, that's why depression is so high because we are so used to looking outside of ourselves for validation about everything or that someone else is supposed to take care of something so we feel better and that's just the that's just the paradigm and until we can shift that paradigm to start asking ourselves how did I create like under learning about emotions, learning about triggers and traumas and PTSD, and then being able to lovingly support our own growth without making ourselves wrong. That's the other thing. A lot of people can't do this work or they can, they just choose not to because the message they keep hearing is it's my fault and I'm stupid and I'm not good enough. Yeah. So it's, it's the judgments against ourselves that we made a long time ago that we're holding on to. When everything else has grown and changed, why can't you let go of that? What are you holding on to that you can empower yourself to let go of? Yeah, it, it's work. And you have to feel it to heal it. And you have to look at it to heal it. Do you have to suffer? No, but you have but you have to face it. It's like putting the fish under the rug and then hoping it doesn't smell, right? It's like you can't you can only do so much to cover it up for so long. It's going to seep into your experience. 
You so, have to feel it to heal it. Tweet that, Food Heals Nation. That's the best advice I have heard all day. I love <laughs> it, JJ. Let's come back with some Q&A from our Food Heals Nation. We have some questions for you about the law of attraction and manifesting the one. Food Heals Nation, are you looking for the perfect scheduling tool for your business? Are you sick and tired of sending emails back and forth and wasting your precious time on scheduling your clients? If so, we've got the solution for you. That's right. If you own a massage business, a therapy practice, a yoga studio, and we know many of you do, or even host a podcast like us, Acuity is the only scheduling and time management tool you will ever need. Take it from us. Acuity allows you to schedule clients without sacrificing your soul. And automate your client bookings, cancellations, reminders, and even payment with one click and zero frustration. You're here to make yourself money, not make yourself crazy. Clients can see your real-time calendar availability, self-select the time that works best for them, and easily book and pay for their own appointments in advance sparing you those stress headaches, mix-ups, and grunts of frustration. Before we had Acuity, we were spending a ton of time and energy with back-and-forth emails, trying to book guests, and sending them questions, and having to constantly follow up and send reminders. But Acuity changed everything. Yep, Acuity has completely automated our process and freed up our time to focus on the things we love to do, like providing our Food Heals Nation with high-quality content. Yes, so now instead of a mess of emails, we send our guest a booking link. They choose a time that works for them. They fill out our information form, which includes links to their website, their bio, their photo, and all the information we need, all in one place. Then the booking syncs automatically with our calendars and poof, we're done. Such a time saver. Such a lifesaver. And Acuity does so much more. Yes, you can automatically send branded and customized confirmations, reminders, and follow-ups via email or text message, and even accept payments and tips through Stripe, PayPal, Braintree, and Authorize.net with the click of a button. Get started today. Go to acuityscheduling.com slash foodheals to get a 45-day trial. That's an amazing deal, Food Heals Nation. It's usually 14 days, but we scored an exclusive discount for you, acuityscheduling.com slash foodheals. We love it, and we know you will too. You are listening to the Food Heals Podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. All right, Food Heals Nation, we're back with JJ Flazanes. She is host of the iTunes podcast show, Fit to Love, Physical, Emotional, and Spiritual Fitness for the Happy Life You Deserve. It's a six-day-a-week audio and video show. All right, let's do some Q&A from Food Heals Nation. Chris says she was just listening to your show, your podcast on feng shui, and she thought it was cool stuff. She loved it, but she's also reading your book as well, and she would love to know what tips you have on helping your partner be more empathetic, and she fears she may be the one thing that's between herself and her hubby right now. What do you think? Great question, Chris. And I will tell you, I will, and again, if any men are listening, I, I would apologize in advance for this broad sweep that I'm about to do. But women, when it comes to men, men, women don't know the damage that they can do to men. Not, I'm not trying to make men victims, but really women and men, the difference is so dramatic that 
like mother issues for men are huge and breakups from ex divorces. I mean, women just really have no idea how deeply hurt and wounded and, and hard sometimes men take stuff. So because of that, like I said about the the underlying belief systems of somehow sometimes how people hear things like the reason why people don't want to do this work is because it, it triggers within them that they're not good enough. They're not smart enough. They made a mistake. They did something wrong. And, and so I would say in terms of creating empathy, you have to be a model for it. And we as women, because we usually are a little bit more in touch with our emotions, we have an analytical capacity. We're willing to talk about it. We're willing to express more. It, we have an advantage to being an example. I will tell you that my husband, once we got through all this, said to me, you've been my teacher and you've shown me what to do, basically. I mean, he didn't mm-hmm. say it like that, but it was a really like touching, like teary moment for me because it was such a compliment. You have to, if you want something from someone, you can't tell them to change. I mean, you can tell them it's not going to work. You know, the best way to extract or to help influence someone is to be an example. So, and and I know that for a lot of women, they just want to be heard, right? Men want to fix and women want to be heard. So learning about men and women, the differences between them and how they think and how they feel and how that they're not trying to hurt you or offend you or, or do any of those things will really empower you to stand back and be an observer and understand them a little bit differently. And here's the thing. One of my friends... She got divorced. She went through this. I I think she manifested her husband literally just to have her children. And she agrees uh, (laughs) because she got divorced a little too easily, in my opinion, because he didn't do the things that she required. Right. And now we're in the they have to learn how to co-parent together. And she's still frustrated about I said to her, you have to learn how to talk to him in a way he'll hear you. And the reason why you have to do it is because you can he doesn't know and he doesn't have the same tools that you've been gifted with. And so the you can look at it as a, oh, I'm I'm so pissed off because I have to do the work. Well, someone's gotta do it. And 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 it usually is the woman who has the ability and the willingness to do it. So look at it as an opportunity to be a great teacher and influencer in your relationship. Be the example. And that's for every relationship. Be the example. Oh my God. I'm writing it down. <laughs> she, re- she really is. I'm looking at her writing so it down. I was typing it. I was like, be the example. Like, it's so true. Be what you want to have given to you, right? If you want to be loved, give that love unconditionally, not with conditions, not I love you when you do things for me, not I love you when blah, blah, blah happens. Give love unconditionally and you will receive it. I love that. You Thank to- you. So we have our next question from Allison. Not me, an Allison with one L. <laughs> That's right, an Allison with one L. She's part of our Food Heals Nation. We've emailed back and forth quite a bit. She's awesome. She's about to move, make a she major is. life change. I She's saw been- that, Colorado, right? Yeah. yeah. But she lives in Philadelphia. She's about to move to Boulder. And she actually credits you, JJ, with helping her decide to manifest that change. She is very brave. So her question is, if you could please tell JJ how much she has helped me strengthen my manifestation skill from listening to the episodes that you had her on. And, oh, I wanted to know, is there a way to screw up finding your soulmate? <laughs> please let JJ know that she has helped me manifest my life change in moving to Boulder. Also, I made a private vision board on Pinterest. Would that work as the same as a regular vision board? So that's that's a few questions. Those are good questions, Those though. Are- Can you screw up finding your soulmate? That's a really good one, <laughs> JJ. Yeah, the answer is no. The answer is no. 
because if people are going to see you or they're not going to see you and you can't you won't control that again law of attraction wise vibrationally you're going to be in this you're going to be a match or you're not and so your job and i know that's why she's stuck in here about the vision board your job is to get into the highest vibration the healthiest happiest feeling place you can that's real and support yourself in that to attract somebody at that same level or someone with those same deep desires. Now, you may not all stay at that level, and but but again, that's part of the job of the attraction process. And if you have a soulmate and they're at a different level, let's say there's someone who's really stuck in anger, but you feel really attracted to that that person and you feel like they're your soulmate, but but they're in this like bad place, you your job, and this is where the trust comes in. This is what happened with Brian. It took eight months, right? And again, I told you, I didn't, I didn't like think of him and say it has to be him. I just used the feeling and the hope that I got from when we were talking and, and what I'd see him post on online and stuff. And I took that. And when I would look at my vision board and, and focus on the picture and start the feeling piece of it or write a story, I did a workshop in September that year, and we had to sort of write our what we want our life to be like and and for six months or something, or maybe in ten years. And it was this writing exercise. And when I wrote about my husband, I used him in there. I didn't use his name though. I just used his energy and the idea of him. But again, I wasn't I was I had surrendered that didn't need to be him. And so when it comes to can you screw up your soulmate? No, because even if you manifest somebody where you are right now, it doesn't work out. They were where you were and they were there to provide you an opportunity for growth to get you to the next place. Like I said, my the boyfriend who I was in love with when I met Brian, even though I was dating somebody else, was a soulmate. He and I are absolutely soulmates, but he and I aren't meant to be together forever and we're still very well connected. And But it's because we, but he helped me get ready for my husband. And so I think I don't believe in one soulmate. So that's part of the answer. And the other thing is that you have to allow the other person. So like I mentioned with Brian, I waited because I knew what I wanted and I allowed him to t- to be on his timeline, not on mine. And I, part of what I, so you can't force divine timing. You have to allow it to be and your job and your only job is to be where you want to be and to keep practicing that. If somebody comes in at a lower level, stepping down, I will tell you right now, will not work long term. If you have to change who you are in in a way that kind of brings you to a lower vibration, it won't last very long because you will have not left any room for them to grow. You will have not provided them an opportunity to be and to express and to to transition and expand in a way that best serves them and that's in more alignment with you. And we know that you are a fitness trainer. Do you do couples counseling? <laughs> uh, yes, unofficially, un- unofficially, absolutely. Because it, but it's it can happen. I don't believe you. Well, couples counseling is great, and I think it's great, and we've done some, and I believe in it, and it's all great. I really believe you don't need two people. I think one person can be the example. One person can transform the energy to which gets responded. So like we like I had talked about before in terms of the last question from Chris, right? How do you get your partner to be more empathetic? You be the example. You 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 work out your stuff. You say, what is it I can heal within myself? So as an example, one of the things I noticed about myself in my own relationship was that I was defensive. So I said to myself, well, what would it be like if I wasn't defensive? And even just being defensive means I have my own wounds to heal. And 
you know, what would be the perfect scenario? Well, let's think of Jesus or Buddha and somebody being angry. And would Jesus or Buddha look at somebody and yell back? Or would they just emanate pure love? And I'm like, oh, that's where I want to be. I want to emanate pure love. I would like to be the one who people are throwing stones at and yelling at, and I have nothing but love. Now, that's easier said than done, but it gave me something to do and be responsible for. Heal my stuff. Get to that place. Vibrate at that level, and then things around you shift, and you will. it's like magic. It works because you're healed. You don't need to fight back, and your energy brings out more positive energy from others. It takes away the victim because you no longer are the victim that has all these needs that aren't being met. So you heal your shit and then you're able to be the love and you're able to be loved. I want to, oh, sorry, JJ, go ahead. No, I, I said, absolutely. I, all I want to say is from that place, though, there are times where you will want to leave the relationship. You will have done your work. It'll provide you a platform. And maybe that person doesn't do the work. Maybe they don't. Maybe they make small adjustments or big adjustments. But maybe at the end of the day, it was a platform for growth for you. But I would not leave a relationship until you've learned your lesson. Give yourself the opportunity to understand why you manifest that person in the first place, what you're supposed to heal and do the work. Once you do the work and you get to that place where you're, oh my God, I'm so healed now in that area and I feel so much better and, and freer, then make the decision. Yeah. But if you leave it now, you will just repeat it and keep attracting the same person over and over again because lessons will be repeated until they're learned. That's right. And what I was going to say was that line from Jerry Maguire, you complete me. It's bullshit. Totally. You, know, you don't need anybody to complete you. You don't need anybody to heal you. Like you just said, heal your own stuff. And then you can bring in a partner into your life that complements you. I'm going to, I, you know, I, um, years ago, actually not too long before I met my husband, I attended a, a Marianne Williamson workshop right around Valentine's Day that was all about the inner goddess and love. And she referenced that and she said, and I love this, you don't bring in loving or romantic relationships in order to complete yourself. You bring in loving romantic relationships so that you can love the world better. Oh my God, that's so beautiful. And that was just so much like, whoa, that's a global mission for your romantic <laughs> relationship, which I never thought of before. It was always about me, me, me. What can he make me feel? How happy can he make me? Yeah. And that just changed my perspective. So no, I, like you complete me is such an outdated way of looking things. I complete me. And hey, you can compliment me. Yeah. We can have fun together. Yeah. We can build a life together. But you got to love yourself. It always comes back to the self-love, whether we're talking about relationships, exercise, the food, the life, the career. It's always self-love. What's missing in your self-love <laughs> that's creating the problems? Look at that first, and then you can heal it all. And funny you should ask that question. Thank you for that. If you want to take a quiz to find out what's missing in your love, <laughs> you can come on over to fit2love.tv forward slash love and take that quiz so that you can find exactly what area of your life needs to be attended to to help you heal some of this stuff. I love that, JJ. And where can everyone else find you online, buy your books, follow you on Twitter? So the website for the show is really where every all social media links live. It's fit2love.tv, F-I-T, the number two, L-O-V-E dot TV. And if you want to take the quiz, it's forward slash love. But otherwise, you can check out all the shows are there and the, so, you know, whatever social media that you like the best. I do it all. Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, Facebook. I probably like Pinterest 
Instagram and Facebook best, but I'm on Twitter all the time too. So come on over, connect with me and definitely continue listening to Food Heals Podcast. These ladies are awesome. It's so easy to be on the show and hard to leave. And, uh, and come on, and come on and <laughs> tweet come on that over. Food Heals Nation. <laughs> and come on over and check out my show too. I got lots of cool stuff. Sexy Saturdays are about dating and relationships. Woo. Yes, I'm going to start listening to Sexy Saturday so I can have sexy time with my husband. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, do you have a Look tw- out, Dan. <laughs> All right, JJ, thank you so much for being here. We'll have you back soon. Allison, Susie, always a pleasure. So fun to talk to you, ladies. I hope everyone listening enjoyed our conversation. It's a pleasure. I really, really appreciate you having me on the show. Always. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's our show. Thanks for listening. Sign up for our mailing list at foodhealsnation.com and receive a free gift from us. That's right. We have created a brand new guide for you, our Food Heals Nation. Yep. The guide is called Health, Longevity, and Weight Loss Secrets, and it's full of tips, tricks, and secrets collected from some of our favorite guests from the Food Heals podcast. In it, you will learn crazy cool stuff like how to live to 99 with no wrinkles. Susie's grandfather. That's right. How to attract the one. Ooh, how to never get a cavity again. My favorite. Yes, my favorite too. And the real secret to weight loss, or maybe that's my favorite. They're all my favorites. And And so much more. (laughs) So sign up for our newsletter at foodhealsnation.com. We won't spam you, we promise. No, we won't send you too many emails. Trust us, we're too busy for that anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So go to foodhealsnation.com to get your free guide, health, longevity, and weight loss secrets from the Food Heals podcast by subscribing today. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to put down the Ben & Jerry's, get off the couch, and take a walk outside. If you experience any of these symptoms, tell your Facebook friends immediately.